Hi, everybody. It's Devan Molyneux from Freedom Main Radio. Hope you're doing well. So here's a comment, which uh, kind of got my dudgeon dudgeoning. Pretty disappointed that Stefan has abandoned relative reason for this clown. I assume that's Donald Trump. He's not the obvious choice for most Republican voters by any means. The simple fact that a contest convention, I think he means contested convention, is a possibility attests to that. Numbers are saying he's polling less than 40% of Republican voters. He'll be beaten in a general election. His polarizing nature can't sway independent voters. <laughs> oh, madness, where do I begin? It's hard to unravel a tapestry that is still a pile of wool on the ground, but I will try. So, relative reason. Where is the um, rational argument here? So, first of all, this guy who says relative reason, it's important to be rational, starts off with an ad hominem by referring to Trump as this clown. Where's the argument? Uh, he's not the obvious choice for most Republican voters by any means. Now, I said that Trump could be the obvious choice for many Republicans or most Republican voters because the left hates him. You know, nobody's organizing to shut down Cruz rallies or Rubio when he was in the race or Ben Carson. The left is organizing to shut down Trump rallies and... The uh, <laughs> whoever your enemy hates the most, who's on your side, is probably the guy who could do the most damage to your enemy. So that was my argument, not because of the numbers. So he got that completely, <laughs> completely wrong. Numbers are saying he's polling at less than 40% of Republican voters. Well, um, compared to what? Right. I mean, most presidents get elected with far less than the majority. I mean, so what compared to what he'll be beaten in a general election? His polarizing nature can't sway independent voters. OK, so I, I just did this whole rant um, on whether Donald Trump is is polarizing or not or the degree to which this divisiveness doesn't make any sense. But the reality <laughs> is that Donald Trump is an incredibly uniting character. I mean, think of all of the disparate groups out there who really hate him. He is bringing them all together. You know, there's this old argument that says, well, human beings will finally put aside their differences when giant squid-beaked space aliens come to eat our young. Then we'll all unite and fight against them, at least till then, and we'll turn on each other again. But you see, Donald Trump is that alien. He has come to Earth, and he is uniting unbelievably disparate forces. I mean, when was the last time you saw... The RNC, right, the Republican National Committee, when was the last time you saw the RNC unite with social justice warriors? When was it that you saw the Republicans unite with the left? When was it you saw the Republicans unite against anything, <laughs> right? I mean, other than a desire to lie to Republican voters, promise change, and then just pursue power and appease leftists. Everyone, like leftist newspapers, rightist blogs, uh, every a lot of libertarians hate Trump. A lot of anarchists hate Trump. I mean, women as a whole generally hate Trump. Hey, don't you let that alpha male get between my tits and government cheddar. No way. That creepy orange ham colored weird hairded guy better not get between my ability to manipulate politicians into giving me free stuff with votes and vaginas. No way. Right. So the fact is that he is an incredibly uniting <laughs> figure. He is bringing so many disparate groups together in one seething, manipulative, evil cauldron of hatred and exploitation that to call him a divisive figure 
man, he has united people. Um, you know, we've got the makers and the takers. Okay, he's united the makers, the people actually produce things in society that people want. And he has also united the takers because he is standing like a colossus between the productive classes and the classes who use government power, both rich and poor, who use government power to take stuff from other people. Yes, that's right. I'm looking at you. Military industrial complex, poor people, academics, and women. <laughs> so yeah, it's a, it's a kind of a big deal. So this idea that, oh, you know, this guy, I can't believe Steph's abandoned reason. So let me do an ab hominem, a straw man, mis- misrepresent his argument and then tell a statistical lie. Well, I really feel chastised, my friend, for my abandoning of reason. <laughs> Good job showing me how reason really works. And the other, <laughs> the other thing too, I apologize for my crudity, but um, I, I can't really think of any other way to put this that um, that is going to just make sense. Um, my friend, let me tell you something. I don't want to fuck you. Now, the fact that I don't want to fuck you means that I don't have to put up with any of your emotional bullshit. So if you were a woman that I wanted to have sex with, then maybe your disappointment would be important to me. <laughs> but I am joyfully married to um, who I consider the best human being on the planet. And so that's not an issue for me. I don't want to have sex with other people. I certainly don't want to have sex with uh, anonymous, hypocritical, mouth-breathing typists on the internet. So the fact that you're pretty disappointed, you know, people say this to me all the time and it's like, I don't want to fuck you. So why would I care about your disappointment? I'm upset. Steph has really disappointed me. I think he's just done a terrible thing. I'm really hurt. I can't believe I tried. <laughs> okay. If you had a desirable vagina, maybe I'd hold my nose and say, well, you know, I'm sorry that I disappointed you because, <laughs> right? I mean, that's, <laughs> you're not going to see my O face. I don't care about your disappointment. And that's just, I don't know. This is maybe just, being raised by single moms or just, you know, being raised by teachers who is like, hmm, I strongly disapprove. Or, you know, the old Queen Victoria line, we are not amused. <laughs> it's like, I, your disappointment, like, why, why would I care? I mean, and, and also, wouldn't it be really unhealthy of me to actually care about your disappointment? See, if you want to engage with, let's just loosely turn them Adults with brains. If you wish to engage with adults who have brains, then your emotions don't mean anything. Try this. Build a house of cards, also known on the internet as pretending to have an argument. Build a house of cards. And then turn a vacuum cleaner on to blow. Take the vacuum cleaner on blow, point it at the house of cards. And then, just before the cards go down, yell at the cards, I'm going to be really disappointed if you fall down. Try, try that. I, you don't have to use that creepy voice from Silence of the Lambs. But you can say, I'm going to be very disappointed if the house of cards falls down when I blow on it with a vacuum cleaner set to blow. Is that going to have any effect <laughs> on the house of cards? It is not. You're going to be revealed as a crazy person who thinks that their emotions can somehow affect material reality. If you are, say, I don't know, 
half German, half Irish, like me. And under fluorescent lights, you get a sunburn because, you know, we're a little sensitive to the sun. <laughs> so let's say you go out, half German, half Irish, and uh, you go out and you stand all day in the Florida sunshine in June, okay? And you say, I really don't want a sunburn. A sunburn would be really inconvenient, really painful, and increase my chances of skin cancer later on in life. So I really don't want a sunburn. No sunburn, no sunburn. No. I'm going to be really disappointed if I get a sunburn. Sunburns are bad. Bad sun. Keep me there. Are you going to get a sunburn? Yes, because your emotions are not magical. <laughs> your emotions are not tools of cognition. They don't tell you what's right and what's wrong, what's true and what's false. All they are is subconscious appraisals of the relationship between outside events and your particular belief systems. That's all they are. Now, they're very important, don't get me wrong. I'm not, you know, crush your emotions, uh, randroid style, right? I'm always branded on this. Emotions are very important. They're not tools of cognition, and they don't change reality. Now, my arguments are founded on reason and evidence. That doesn't mean I'm perfect. That's just my standard, reason and evidence. So if you're disappointed... <laughs> reason and evidence are based on physics, right? We have concepts because there are atoms. I, you can go through the whole 17-part introduction to philosophy series I've got on this very channel. We'll put a link below. Good series, little old, little dated. And I had the night thing on for the camera, but we got it. it's good, good content. So your emotions don't change reality. I found my arguments on reason and evidence, right? Reason is conceptualized reality, just as physics is conceptualized reality. You need to take the essence of the behavior of matter and energy and its effects and you conceptualize them to universalize them. That's what philosophy is all about. So when you say that you're disappointed in X, Y, and Z, that I, argument that I put forward, and you can't disprove it, then you're basically saying that you're disappointed that you're getting a sunburn when you stand out in the sun. You're disappointed that the house of cards blow over when you blow a vacuum clean out. You're insane. It is an insane statement. Now, I'm not saying I am reality. I'm always right, right? But if you can't disprove the argument, but you're disappointed, then you're hoping that your disappointment is going to move the physics of the argument. And the physics of the argument, it's not up to you. It's not up to me. It's up to a rational analysis combined with the evidence. So <laughs> if if you are a hot chick, Right. If, if, if you've got, you know, all kinds of 36, 24, 36 going on, then maybe your disappointment can change things because eggs, right? Guys want, want the eggs. They want to bust a nut. So maybe they'll put up with your emotional crap because, um, you know, access to the snug harbor magic kingdom of future fertility. So you, on the other hand, are just some jerkwad typing on the internet saying that you're disappointed. Now I know your disappointment is supposed to evoke in me, oh, that person feels bad. I must go and make them feel better. Well, no, I am not your girl guide leader who's going to give you a participation badge because you're really bad at everything. <laughs> That's not how men, adults, mature people of either gender behave. We don't give you participation points. I don't care that you feel bad about my arguments. I care if you use that feeling bad about them to analyze them and rebut them in some rational context, which you haven't done, which means you're hoping that your bad feelings are going to somehow change my behavior. 
but it is a fundamental reality in this world that if you cannot control your own emotions, you must end up controlling other people. If you cannot manage your own emotions, you must end up bullying other people. The social justice warriors, the people who are these fascists, I can't have a Trump rally. I mean, all, all you're saying is that your emotions are overwhelming you. And so you must somehow crush the stimulus of your negative emotional experience, right? Because you're not a mature human being. You're not even remotely wise. You're an infant having a tantrum. And that's an insult to to infants who at least have the excuse of infancy. It means that you have been able to get negative stimuli removed from your life by having tantrums of one kind of another, which means you're just, you know, basically one form or another of these social justice warrior leftist hysterics, right? If I scream loudly enough, will the bad things go away? If I protest, if I throw rocks, if I punch horses, as recently happened from a social justice warrior trying to protest against Donald Trump, if I punch a horse... Will the bad orange man go away who makes me feel anxious? <laughs> well, no, that's not, that's not how reality works. And so if you can't manage your own emotions, if your emotion, like if you don't just say no emotions, I, I thank you for your information, but you are not the boss of me. You put reason as your king. The reason sits in the throne, not emotions. Emotions are messengers. They're courtiers. They can give you advice, but they cannot dictate your policy. They can give you feedback, but they cannot order you around. When emotions become dictators of the personality, the government becomes dictator of the population. The tyranny of emotions results in the tyranny of the state. Totalitarianism in politics results from totalitarianism of emotions in the personality. Now, I don't know exactly what happened. Again, it's basically a matriarchy until you grow a beard uh, these days in the West. Um, not many women around, uh, young uh, kids, and of course, politicians uh, regularly pandering to the vagina vote horde. And so maybe it's just we got overly feminized, and now it's just the feels and the upset and the emotions, and nobody knows how to push back. I mean, you know, okay, we've swung a little bit too far, <laughs> you know, the big swinging pendulum. Uh, has gone uh, all kinds of estrogen and eggs. Now it's going to swing back to ch to twigs and berries. It's just kind of what has to happen, and I'm here to help <laughs> with that. Uh, it's okay for a little masculine energy, a little masculine objectivity to push back on your feels. And the fact that you feel bad is completely irrelevant to the validity of your arguments or what you're pushing back. And I just <laughs> wanted to mention just one other thing. I could do a long show about annoying internet pushback. But, you know, the people who say, I'm sorry, Steph, but you're wrong. Oh, that condescending pseudo pat pat on the head. Nice try, Baldy. Uh, that is really um, pathetic. <laughs> See, or oh, I love how Steph says this, but then does this. Pathetic. I mean, <laughs> still not enough. What you, first of all, you got a twisted idea of love if you love hypocrisy. So, you're being a hypocrite by using the word love for something that you actually hate. You're being a manipulative hypocrite. So whatever you say after that about any hypocrisy on my side is completely overshadowed and overwhelmed by the fact that you're being a douchebag manipulative hypocrite by saying, I gotta love how stuff totally contradicts. <laughs> That's not love. You're just being manipulative. You're being hypocritical. And so I don't care what you have to say after that because my supposed sins are eclipsed by your in-my-face vivid Mortal sins from a philosophical standpoint, so I don't care about that. But the other one, 
<laughs> the other one I, I just I find astounding is when people it, it goes I don't know I don't have, don't have one on hand it goes a little something like this Steph you know I've been listening to you for a long time and I agree with a lot of what you say but in this particular instance bad argument bad argument disappointment emotional manipulation gotta love how out and this idea that well you know I like Steph a lot but well first of all I don't care that you like me I I, I, I don't know why do we live in this like estrogen based gynocentric chick universe where I have to care whether people like me or not. I don't care. I have people who love me in my life. I don't care what anonymous strangers think or say. I'm sorry, I don't. If you've got a good argument, yeah, absolutely. Call into the show. You know, send me a message. We'll work it out. I've done that dozens of times, hundreds of times over the course of doing the show over the last 10 years or so. I don't care what you think and feel. And, and it actually is desperately unhealthy for me to care about what you think. Uh, sorry, what you feel. I do care about what you think if you make a good argument. It would be desperately unhealthy because I'm feeding this narcissistic vanity that imagines that feelings change reality. Feelings change the logical structure of arguments. Feelings change empirical evidence. And they don't. I mean, it would be so unhealthy for me to feed that in people and to bow before negative emotional pressure. That just feeds the value of negative emotional pressure. Like if you can bully someone into giving you your lunch money, you're never going to get a part-time job and earn your own cash. You've got to push back against the bullies and have them recognize the fundamental impotence of bullying, which means to just not care that they're upset, not care that they're angry. It, it, it's not, no, my, you know, my, my rootedness is in empiricism, rationality, and of course, in the people around me who love me and who I love. And so this upset stuff, uh, is it a woman thing? Uh, you know, there's this argument, uh, that, that it is. Uh, and of course we, you know, women are running the world these days and can you just see how much better it's all getting? Oh wait, sorry. I was being a little sarcastic there. That's okay. Every now and then it can be all right. But this idea that people say, Steph, I'm your friend. So I'm going to give you a hug so I can get the shiv into your kidney from the back, you know. Brutus style, et du brute, right? I mean, so the hug with the shiv, Steph, I'm your friend. I like your show. I agree with a lot of what you say, but here's where I think you, all you're trying to do is build up your credibility without actually having to make an argument. Listen, if you've got a good argument against what I say, I don't care how many shows you've listened to me. I don't care. Like, it, you, you should not need, like, you know, I don't go to my, <laughs> I don't go to my math teacher when I'm a kid and say, you know, I really, really like your teaching. Um, you're a wonderful teacher, great person, uh, very, very thoughtful, very sensitive, very caring. But in this particular instance, I have, like, no, just say, sorry, two and two don't make five. <laughs> you just, you got something wrong here, right? You don't need to build up all this emotional credibility if you actually have a halfway decent argument. And um, just make the argument and shut up. <laughs> just make the argument and shut up. Make the rebuttal and shut up. And it is also, you know, I know these people who say, oh, I've listened to your show for a long time, Steph. I'm sorry, but here in this instance, you know, you're you're wrong. You were in a bad mood with that creationist guy. Huh? Nope. <laughs> Wasn't really. Anyway, but um, this idea that they've listened to a whole bunch of shows and then they spew out complete non-arguments, well, either A, they have not listened to a whole bunch of shows, which I kind of hope and prefer would be the case. So they don't haven't listened to a whole bunch of shows, A. Or B... They have listened to a whole bunch of shows and have not absorbed one iota 
of how to make a rational argument, which means that they've been reading a whole bunch of diet books but haven't actually changed what they eat. And so they're still fat, unhealthy, and di- diabetes prone. So I just, the, the, I could sort of go on and on, but, but you can see these kinds of patterns and it is tragic. You know, I've been mm, a little harsh, you know, not Don Rickles passing a kidney stone harsh, but I've been a little harsh. But the reality is, is that it is uh, tragic. It is tragic because we've had this gynocentric government based education where guys have graduated and, and women too. And, and, and they think that emotional manipulation is how you get things done in the world. Well, maybe it is if you're a hot chick, but you know, I don't think the internet is overly populated by those kinds of people, but they've been somehow absorbed the lesson that being upset means other people have to change their behavior. Being disappointed means that you're somehow in the right and other people are in the right. It's so insane. It's so insane. If you're an engineer, you want to build a bridge. Your feelings don't matter. If you're a surgeon, you want to take out an appendix. Your feelings don't matter. When it comes to truth, your feelings don't matter. There's a place for feelings. Absolutely. That place is not particularly in rational discourse. Now, if you want to be revelatory about yourself, that's fine. You can say, Steph, your arguments are evoking these emotions in me. Doesn't mean you're wrong. Just, you know, before we continue, I just kind of wanted to be honest about that. I admire that. That's a very honest and open statement. Very direct, very clear. And it is acknowledging the bias of emotions without demanding compliance on the part of the other person. That is an honorable and noble thing. But this claustrophobic, venomous, sleep, sleeping sickness approach of like, well, I'm disappointed and, 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 and I'm sorry, but Steph, you're wrong. I used to be a, like, I like your show, but you're, it's like, stop, stop. Go, go read something about logic. Go read something about how to make an argument. Go read some, so, uh, go read some Plato describing Socrates. For God's sakes, go and read some Aristotle. If you read no one else, even pick up some rant. Go read someone about how to make an argument. Because this shit tells me you don't know how to think, which is fine, but that you don't even know that you don't know how to think. That is tragic. And it doesn't have to be that way. Cast aside emotional manipulation. Subject yourself to the rigid discipline of rational thought and empirical evidence. You will save yourself from embarrassment. You will save yourself from error. You will save yourself from the tragic, life-destroying mistake of relying on manipulation rather than reason and evidence. Oh, and by the way, you will also save the world.